Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little here today with another episode of Weekly Poker Hand. Thank you very much for being here. If you have not already, make sure you claim your free trial over at PokerCoaching.com. There are lots and lots of quizzes there that will help you perhaps sidestep some of the errors that maybe a few of these players are about to make at this final table. So to set up the situation, they are playing a bounty tournament at Stone's Gambling Hall. And they're, they're at the final table. They're doing great. But, unfortunately, everyone is relatively shallow stacked. There's one player with about 50 big blinds, but then everyone else has 20 or fewer. So, what's going to happen here is the action folds around to Joe. Joe is this player here in the hijack seat. Joe has 103,000 chips. So, he, is, he has, as we can see the blinds here, he has eight big blinds. With ace-10 offsuit in the hijack seat, you simply must go all in if your opponents are anywhere near competent. Now, if they are all incredibly super weak, super tight, super passive, there may be a little bit of merit in min-raising this with the intention of folding it if you get re-raised. But the problem is that once you put in about you know, 25% of your stack, by the time it gets back to you, you're getting two, two to one pot odds, 1.8 to one pot odds, something like that. We can actually do the math while we're here. And that's not going to work out so well for you to fold. So let's see what happens. Joe opens it up to uh, 25,000, so a min raise. And then Lon McCarran, you all may know him, he commentates a popular poker show. He is in the cutoff seat with pocket kings. Notice Lon only has 168k, so he is also playing relatively shallow stacked. And this is a spot where I think Lon should only go all in. Instead, though, Lon does something a little bit different. He pretty quickly, pretty, pretty confidently puts in 75,000. Now, you may say, what's wrong with making it 75,000? Clearly, you're going with your hand. And you are. But you don't want to make that obvious, especially in a way that's like, yep, I got it. We re-raise. I think you would much rather sit there, think for at least a second, and then go all in. Because when you go all in, that allows you to have a few more bluffs in your range. Because now, notice that whenever you do re-raise with the kings, if someone does decide to sporadically call you here, obviously it's going to be fine. You're getting money in ahead. But now, when it gets back to Joe, Joe could actually put in 50k more and then maybe fold on, on the flop every once in a while. Probably not whenever he has this exact hand. But imagine instead Joe and Lon had the same amount of chips, 170k. He could then call. And it would not be such an insane play. He's not really making a gigantic error. Now you may say, well, but Lon has exactly kings. Doesn't he want to keep his opponents in? The thing is, is that Lon probably doesn't want to make this play with only kings. He may want to make this play with ace-jack. He may want to make this play with ace-five suited, Right? And if you give your opponent great odds, they aren't really making an error whenever they call you. Now, if they fold, that's fine. But I think what happens to a lot of people is they assume that their opponent has exactly what they have every single time. And that's just not true. For example, let's bring up um, Equilab here. Let's make sure we're in the right window. Let's give Joe ace-10 offsuit. And let's give Lon pocket kings exactly what they have. You see here that Joe's going to win 30% of the time. Let's get out the calculator just to show you all a little bit of math. If you're not watching this video, by the way, I guess you're just going to have to trust me. But you can always watch the video at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash WPH. 
Joe put in 25 out of 100. So that means the total pot, if they got it all in, would be about 130,000 after the antis. So Joe has to put in 75 to win. Oh, not sorry, not 130. It would be 230. 75 to win 230, which means Joe needs to win 32% of the time to break even. Probably a little bit more because there are payout implications. Like I said, everyone is relatively short. So Joe needs maybe like 36% equity against his opponent's range to call. Now, what if instead of kings, Lon's range was ace, queen, and better, and then tens and better. So just like a really strong range still. In that scenario, you see, it actually gets a little bit worse. So if Lon's range really is that nitty, Joe can raise and then fold. And that's what I was saying. If Joe is going to be really, really... If, he, if his opponents are going to be really, really snug, you actually can raise this and justify folding. What if instead Lon's re-raise range was this? You know, much more aggressive. Um, ace 2 suited and better. Pocket 7s are better. And then the best Broadway hands. Well, now, Ace 10 offsuit is way up here at 42% equity. So, I don't know how Lon plays. But... If Lon is re-raising here or jamming here, which is what I would suggest, with a range that looks roughly like the one I just suggested, the last one, Ace-10 should call it off once it gets jammed on. Instead, what's going to happen? It's going to get back around to Joe, and Joe just like, you know, no problem folds it. There it goes. And funny enough, this actually worked out for Joe. Joe ran into a big hand and managed to not get stacked. The problem, though, is that if his opponents are actually jamming with a reasonable range, and especially if they know Joe can min-raise and then fold, well, now they're just going to crush him. I mean, imagine we know Joe's range to min-raise are all hands that he plans on folding to a shove, or mostly hands he plans on folding to a shove. But we also know Joe just open jams with his best hands, like Jackson, better, and ace-king. That means that Joe actually is going to fold a ton when he min-raises. And if your opponents are watching you play on a final table stream like this, and they realize you are making incredibly exploitative plays, or exploitable plays, depending on how you look at it, um, that's not going to work out so well for you in the long run. So Joe has to be very, very careful with this. So if I was in Joe's shoes here, I would have just gone all in. Lon would have called, I would have been out, and that would have been that. But instead, this took place. If I was in Lon's shoes, after Joe raises, I would have just gone all in. Because think about this too. What if people realize Lon makes it three times the raise out of his tiny starting out of his tiny stack with his best hands, but then jams with his vulnerable hands like ace jack and pocket eights. Well, again, whenever Lon makes it three times the raise off his small stack, Lon just has the nuts. So clearly you shouldn't pay him. It's very important that you look at your overall strategy and try to make sure you are playing all of your hands in the same manner, especially when only one option makes a whole lot of sense. Like right here, Imagine your options were to go all in or to bet one all in minus one chip. But for some reason, you went all in minus one chip with only aces. Well, clearly that would be terrible, right? Because when you went all in for less than one chip, you have aces and then your opponents just know what you have if they're paying attention. And, you know, if you're playing on a final table stream at a local uh, card room like Stone's Gambling Hall, people are going to realize very quickly what you're doing. So you have to be very, very careful that that does not creep into your game, because if it does, you are going to get crushed, even by players who are not very good. It's not hard to realize, okay, this guy made it all in minus some. Well, that, that's probably a heck of a tell. So don't have tells like that. That's going to get you in a lot of trouble. So that's going to be it for today. I want to thank you very much for being here. Thanks to Stone's Gambling Hall for letting me use the footage. If you have any questions, please feel free to ask me on Twitter, at Jonathan Little. 
I answer every question, every reply that comes to me there, and I do my best to do it on YouTube as well, although sometimes it's hard to see every reply. Um, good luck in your games. Have fun. Be nice to someone. And I'll talk to you next week.